five, four, three, two, one. It's time for a little Canadian content. I don't know if I can, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this. I can't even see anything. It's, it's dark out now, but it's, uh, it's, uh, smoky. It's absolutely smoky outside. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Stick with me. I might have to hand out searchlights. Are you people out there? Huh? Are you out there? Let's start the damn program. Let's get it just organized right now. Enough of this farting around like we do on other nights. Hang on. Do we? Do we uh, no. That would that would really throw off the whole concept of the program. Good evening, old pleasant listeners, and I assume you are pleasant listeners. I am your host. Uh, Gonna be a bit of a change-up. I am Rebel. <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm Rebel Smoke Jim. That's right. And I'm coming to you live from Rebel Smoke, British Columbia. Yeah, I'm saying it differently because the sky is full of smoke. And so we just took a we took a vote today and we said, oh to hell with it. It's not Rebel Stoke, British Columbia anymore. It's Rebel Smoke. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. Again, the sky is a uh, a wonderful brown color. Actually, it's dark now. That's the other thing I've noticed. It's 9 o'clock Western time, give or take, and it's dark now. Actually, it's getting dark at about 8 o'clock. And with the smoke... It just seems to be kind of dull and hazy all day, just like me. I'm I'm rather dull, and I'm a little hazy at times. But I am your knucklehead for the evening. I'm Revelstoke Jim, and again, yes, we come to you from Revelstoke, British Columbia, the coolest little town north of nowhere. I broadcast my my insightful words and wisdom to you, good folk. Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday. Here at GabNet.net from the historic Log Broadcasting Center, situated at the corner of First and Main. I am in Studio 1B, the one with the big window. And I'm telling you right now, this show, I think it has a definite cutoff date tonight. I will be here for an hour because... It will be lucky if I get the internet that long. I've had nothing but internet issues for the last couple of days. And I think the reason for that is that they are making the big switch over to fiber optic. And in doing so, 
they're getting, uh, they're doing all their transitional technical engineering type things, and it's messing up the already crap signal I get as they get ready for the big fancy one. By the way, I found out today, uh, 150 down, 30 up, which will be nice. And I can't, I, I, I can't wait for it because there's times when I have Skype open and I'm trying to use a browser and it just clogs up right now. It's my old crappy, uh, which five down and one up basically is what I have now. It seems like it. Anyway, I'm in the log broadcasting center. You know, when we get fiber optic into the log broadcasting center, it will be the most technologically advanced thing in the broadcast center. It used to be Brad doing sound. Technologically, he's, he's a little higher up on the curve than I am on certain things. But uh, Brad will have to take backseat to the wonderful fiber optic stuff that we have coming up uh, here in Revel Smoke. Uh, let's see. It is. Oh, this is my last show of August. And you're probably thinking, oh, uh, Revel Stoke, Jim, it's already, it's only Wednesday. What's going on? And no, I'm telling you right now, uh, this is my last show of August. I am not here on Friday night. Uh, you get to hear a rebroadcast of last Friday's program. The one that seems to have been somehow mangled in the upload. You get to hear the great broad debate between Miranda Janelle, Johnny White Trash, and myself. So I think that is being rebroadcast because the file that I uploaded to the server seems to have died for some reason partway through the recording. I actually have a full copy of it, and so I have uh, re-uploaded it. I have also placed it over there on SoundCloud. Uh, just look up Revelstoke Jim. But anyway... It's going to be, I think that's what's playing again on Friday. So, uh, and why? Well, I have some stuff to do. Simple as that. I'm sorry. Can't be here on Friday. But uh, I'll be here again on, oh, actually, it's not my last show. I lie. My last show of August is the 31st next Monday. Well, screw it. Don't believe anything a Canadian tells you. Hey, guess what? If you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. The Skype lines will be open later, but you can find me on Twitter at RevJimCanCon. You can also find me at Facebook, RevelStokeJim. Tumblr, RevelStokeJim. Instagram, RevelStokeJim. Snapchat, RevelStokeJim. Hello, RevelStokeJim. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. I'm just reading some private messages that are coming in. Yes, it will be a rebroadcast on Friday. Emphasis on the bra. When we get a tweet, we have to activate the Tweetmatic 1200 that lets me know that you good people are out there. And it sounds a little something like this.
Groovy Cat says it's time for Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. Damn right it is, Cat. Uh, he also says, evening, Jim. How are you? Hashtag Rev Jim. Uh, fine. I'm just telling you right now, it's, uh, it's a smoky, smoky day. I said last time, the cat asked me how I was doing the other morning. And I said, I'm smoky and hot, kind of like barbecue. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to recycle the same joke. Why not? Let me just uh, attend to some business here. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here doing all this by myself. Uh, oh, hang on. What? You're going to play? What are you playing? Oh, God. You're going to play that? Okay, only for a few seconds. This has to do with our uh, weather. They ask me how I knew my true love was true. Cannot be denied. They said someday you'll find all who love are blind. Oh, when your heart's on fire. Yeah, yeah. Smoke, smoke everywhere. There you go. Uh, let's see. Tom Yamaguchi says, we have to use up all the old internet before we can open up the new internet and get down to the bottom of the box. Oh, well. Uh, I've been down to the bottom of the internet box for a number of years, Tom. Believe me, uh, uh, it's not getting any better. Well, it is getting better, but uh, I can only do so much. And Diana of the Night says, so you're smoking hot. I'm listening. Ooh, yeah, I am. I am most definitely. I am most definitely smoking hot. How do I know? Well, my wife tells me. Citizens of Revelstoke tell me. And I got this music. Uh, it's a good time to answer, to read out another tweet from our friend at Tessic1138, who's up there on Cripple Creek. Uh, he says, I'm ready to hump and work it, because it's Wednesday. <laughs> All righty. Uh, you know, I, uh, I was thinking about what we were going to talk about tonight, and I had planned to have UFOologist Dr. Roy Nearly in the studio tonight to talk about UFOs. And if he has not been abducted, I want to hear from you and your UFO stories. Also, I have uh, on deck, we've been talking all day, some friends and of mine, uh, talking about old technology. That's right. We're talking about VCRs, uh, Betamax, VHS, all the good stuff. Back when 
you had to sign a lease for a two-year contract to buy a VHS machine. $25 a month. Good times. Absolutely good times. As I said, uh, let's see. At Rev Jim Can Con is the Skype name, or is the uh, Twitter name. See, the smoke. Smoke's messing with me. Uh, there we go. Uh, let me see if I have any other messages. No, I don't. That's fine. Now, uh, let me tell you a little something about Revelstoke. I don't know if you know this. It's a small town. Uh, everybody pretty much knows everybody. I can't walk down the street without bumping into people I know. But right now, with the amount of smoke in the air, it's, it's sort of got that old-time London post-war fog feel. I feel like I should be wearing a trench coat and a fedora, smoking some Lucky Strikes, and looking for a tall, cool blonde with legs that go all the way from the ground to her shoulders. It just feels rather noirish, is what I have to say. But the thing that pretty much kills that is it's still kind of warm outside, so I'm not going to be... I'm still walking around in shorts. So if I had a trench coat on right now, I would look uh, rather flasherish, or as a flasher, and I don't want to do that. Uh, Diana of the Night sends me a tweet, uh, but no sideburns to go with that 70s porn music. Take advantage of that senior menu in any case. I, I'm not near the senior menu, thank you very much. They won't give it to me, so that's fine. I can stay away from it. The other thing I wanted to mention clothing-wise is uh, on my recent trip out of town to Calgary, I purchased a new Batman belt buckle. A very nice buckle, by the way, from the good folks at Spencer's. Now, I already had a Batman belt buckle, but this one is slightly different, and I kind of like it. And because my... Uh, uh, if I haven't mentioned this before, I have... Uh, uh, <laughs> I've been losing some weight lately, and so my pants are a little bit bigger on me than... So I do need to wear a belt. But when I go outside to greet the people, I find that this belt, Batman belt has basically... I've, I've defined it into two stages. There's the stage where I feel comfortable being outside with this belt on, and there's the, the, uh, the hole in the belt that I connect the buckle to for when I'm out amongst the people. And then there's the hole in the belt that I use when I get back home, which is a little looser, but yet keeps my pants up. Because, frankly, nobody wants to see you even roaming around your own house with your pants falling down around your ankles. And I've divided 
the dis- the the two stages. I I've decided that when I go out, the belt is in Batman mode, and when I come home, the belt is in a more relaxed Bruce Wayne mode. It may make no sense to you whatsoever, but you know what? It's my belt. It's my pants. I just keep it comfortable where I want to where I want to be. Hey, I also want to say a uh, happy 75th birthday to my father-in-law who will not be listening to this program. Yet he just got back from Italy and turned 75 today, so uh congratulations Richard. There, now I don't have to buy a card. Simple as that. Hey, when we come back, I'm going to be talking to some people. Some of them may be live. Some of them may be recorded. I'm not going to tell you which is which. You're listening to Revelstoke Jim. directly from his uh, remote mountain location up there on Cripple Creek. Uh, hi, Patrick. Hi. How are you? I am absolutely in heaven today. Oh, really? Anything to do with calling me? No. Oh, okay. Um, it, it had to do with actually seeing the sun <laughs> for the first time in three or four days. And the temperature, although chilly by August standards, um, was enhanced slightly by the showing of the sun. So, you, know, you know, I heard about this. You told me, and I had to go look it up in the Farmer's Almanac. And I found out that when a cripple sees his shadow in August, that means three more weeks of summer. Yeah, but it doesn't guarantee a temperature. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was the thing. Yeah, there's always those, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, restrictions. <laughs> I guess, I guess. So tell me, let's let's get serious here, Patrick. Uh, we're joined by Mark as well. Tell me, tell me about your UFO experiences, Patrick. 
Well, um, last summer, I was sitting pretty much right where I'm at, and it was around two in the morning, and I did not have my porch light on. I see. And okay. I heard a kind of a thud or something, and I looked outside, and there were three glowing lights. Green, blue, and red. Oh, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. Let me just clarify this for the listeners. Now, you saw three glowing lights. Yes. Green, red, and blue. Right. All right. I just want to, I just don't want to get ahead of the story here. Now, what did you do when you saw the glowing lights? I uh, just about pissed my pants. Really? Yes. Really? Um... I could see through the slits in the blinds. Yes. The lights, and they were at around the height of the windowsill. Really? And I actually filmed it. So you have documentary evidence of strange lights hovering outside your window at windowsill level? Yes. Now, have you contacted the authorities about these mysterious lights? I contacted authorities the next day. I see. Now, before you tell us what sort of action was taken by these mysterious lights or by the authorities who investigated said lights, tell us... Just you, me, and Mark. Where did they touch you? On my bum. <laughs> oh. So, hang on. You're telling me that you had some sort of interstellar visitors come see you in Wisconsin, and they performed some sort of exploratory look at your backside. Yes, and the problem is, because they, I'm paralyzed, I can't tell you exactly what we've done. I thought you were going to tell me the problem is you haven't heard from them again since last summer. Bastards. Bastards. Okay, so you contact the authorities and you say you have... Now, did you use your cell phone? Yes. Okay. What did the authorities say when you showed them the uh, the video of the flashing lights? Uh, they were concerned. Really? Yes. Really? How concerned were they? Did they come and interview you? They... <clears throat> they sent a a crew to clean up the debris that was left. Really? Yes. Now this this is actual. Was it? Now don't jump up and, and answer right away. You probably wouldn't jump up anyway. But <laughs> was it was it space debris or was it just was there like some giant? cow rave outside your 
house that night. A lot of glow sticks and and uh, cow patties and stuff like that. Um, no, it it was. It looked to be. Um, Glass-like and some metal. Really? Yes, and I did not touch any of it for fear of getting, you know, infected with something or even just merely cutting myself. That's true, that's true. You could have been placed in some sort of deep hyper-quarantine sleep. I mean, we, we, you could still be in some hypersleep that, uh, uh, and you're just imagining this program. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I've often wondered that. I've often wondered within the sleep mode, if I'm actually in a coma and this is all just imaginary and maybe the UFO was as well. Okay, now now tell me something here. Uh, so where is the video now? Um, I have it. You have it? Yes. Can you show me? Uh, I'm hoping so, yeah. Okay. Uh, now I'll have to describe to the, uh, the people who are listening, because we do not have a video link up. For our program, but I can see Patrick right now. He seems to be sweating quite profusely. I guess it's rather traumatic looking back at this experience. He's trying to find it. Let's see if we can give him a little help. Speed up the process. Anything? Um, sure, this is what I have. All right, all right. Now, let's see. Okay, I can see. Right? Okay. I don't see anything happening yet. Oh, maybe the video is a little off. Oh, I see. Right. I see. Okay. Now, all I saw were, uh, uh, like I said, it was a bit of a blur. I thought I saw some images, some some uh, uh, some figures, like I said, running through screen from left to right. Now, let me just ask you. You said it was last year at this time. Yep. You weren't at Burning Man, were you? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I was just I thought possibly this was you were at Burning Man and you just looked outside your tent and you saw a bunch of people kind of running back and forth and some lights flashing and 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 No, uh, you, I have I've actually heard about Burning Man and, and have seen things on it and no. It oh, okay. Weren't. You were you weren't exper uh, you weren't experimenting with the LDS. No. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure. That was an interesting way to put it, but no. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, um, uh, that's a fascinating story. And, and yet you are here to uh, 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 to tell the tale when the authorities 
Have the authorities ever come back to you on this after the initial cleanup? Uh, no, because it never existed, they, they say. Really? Yeah, and actually just talking about this right now, I'm probably risking, because it's just broadcasting, going out to millions of listeners. So... That would that would be a estimate, definitely. That would be an estimate. Uh, let me just see what the callers have to say about your uh, your UFO intervention that you seem to have uh, had. Uh, Diana of the Night says, "Oh yes, it's Adventure Night for sure." Uh, no, sorry, Diana, it is not Adventure Night in the slightest. Uh, this is indeed the. Uh, uh, the uh, this is not made up at all. This is the actual mad ramblings of Patrick all by himself. No, it's absolutely it's true. Uh, she also says, I want that fanfare to speed up my process too, please. Slow night. Okay. There you go. Uh, Mark, you you got a lot of flat land down there in Florida. I oh, think no, what happened what happened to me was back in the winter of eighty. Okay. And uh, there's witnesses. I was visiting my best friend and his dad, who at that time were living in Charlemont, Massachusetts, and Charlemont is the northwest. Most like almost like the most northwest point of Massachusetts, and where they were living, they literally owned a mountain with a house, a very beautiful, especially in the winter. Um, they were also right next door to one of the best ski areas in that part of New England, called uh, Berkshire East. In fact, you can look literally into New Hampshire from. Uh, their house. I mean, that's how close to the border you were. Now, you have to understand, my best friend from high school was a bit of a car nut. And for some reason, Jim, we were in the middle, not the middle of the night, but night, in sub-zero temperature in the garage working on his car. Now, he had propane heaters, which were like ramjets. Yeah. Yep. So we were fine. And we're working, I think we were working on changing out a transmission or something like that. And we were jury rigging it because he didn't have the proper transist, uh, transmission lift, you know, but we may do. And at one point, I, I okay, I'm going to take a cigarette break. So I put my jacket on, gloves, lit a cigarette, and then went out. And I'm looking, I'm looking out over almost like this beautiful night view and the ski slope in the distance was lit up for the night trails and it was a little windy and I'm admiring this view. And then I noticed something above the ski slope. I see a moving object and I'm looking at this and it took, you know, I'm trying to take this in what I'm looking at and I will describe it to you. Imagine Two Zeppelin-like shapes, tandem, side by side, moving sideways through the air. 
very dark. I mean, almost to the point of no detail. And I did get binoculars to see if I could see it moving very, very, very slowly. There was also some strobe lights of a, of a type. There, there, in other words, there were some kind of lights. and it, it wasn't like at that time, I don't think they were using strobes for navigation lights. And they weren't your typical aircraft navigation lights. I'm watching this for a couple of minutes and I go, you know, I called my friend. He goes, what is it? He goes, do me a favor, come here for a minute. And he comes out and goes, yeah. And I go, what's that? <laughs> and he's like, what the hell? So he goes into the house to get his dad and binoculars. So he comes out with the binoculars. I go, where's your dad? Oh, he's getting his clothing, you know. So I look at the binoculars and I'm expecting, you know, okay, what kind of detail is on this? You know, I'm expecting like Star Wars type surface detail of all kinds of, you know, couldn't see a damn thing. It was dark on darker. You know, I mean, but it was moving so quietly. You couldn't hear a thing. It was whisper quiet. It was just slowly moving across the sky. My friend's father comes out, takes one look and he goes, oh, another one. And what goes back in the house? Huh. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why he moved to that part of New England. He's a bit of a UFO nut. And, okay, we watched it till it disappeared behind the tree line. So we shrugged our shoulders going back to work. And I was joking with him. I was doing, you know, like I'd be whistling and I'd go, da, 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 da. <laughs> and it's like, okay, now we're going to have that bright light that's going to come on and everything. He's going, shut up, Mark. I mean, we were trying trying to make light, and it, and it was like we saw a true, unidentified flying object. And to this day, I don't think it was something that was alien in nature. I really thought we saw something military that was definitely a black project thing. Because, you know, I mean, it, it was just amazing. And the fact is that, um, you know, we didn't hear any other reports and, you know, even though the night trails were lit on the ski slope, curious that we didn't hear anything from that either. So, you know, it was definitely, uh, I have, de definitely one for the folks. I have seen a number of strange things in the night sky here in British Columbia. In remote areas where you get the black blackness of night because of the lack of street lights and artificial lights where you have the sky overhead filled with millions of stars and you I'm used to seeing the occasional light uh, up on a mountain a ski lift things like that I'm aware of the lighting on aircraft and I have seen Things in the sky that just do not behave in a way that oh. other things behave. And it's just, and you just, your brain goes through the procedure of trying to recognize certain objects. 
and you realize, no, it's not one of those, it's not one of those, it's not one of those, and then you realize this is indeed some flying object of, uh, of mystery. Oh, or there was a time when I, uh, I know exactly, another, there's a couple of other things I'll tell you. In the 90s, uh, going camping with my best friend, Chris, and we would go to the same place in upstate, upper New York State, Lake Taconic, and um, their state park. And we were sleeping under the stars, and we were both watching something. And at first, you know, you know, it was too slow to be a meteor or... And then, you know, we realized, well, something's got to be falling into the atmosphere. And we're watching it, but then all of a sudden we start seeing that it's doing controlled turns. And then I realize it's doing a, it's doing a, you know, and I'm like, that's funny. There's no shuttles or anything this week. What the hell were we watching? And, and, you know, we realized I'm looking, it was doing very wide S turns. And the only reason why, you know, a power management move to reduce speed. But we definitely saw something skipping off the atmosphere that was controlled. So we saw that. And then the other thing is down here. You asked if I've seen anything. Um, at first, I thought we saw things like someone, we thought maybe someone was playing with a drone. But I think it's just a, it was just bugs. But I'll tell you the one thing that really scared the crap out of me until I realized, oh, I realized what it was when I was doing the uh, night sky photography. I'm watching one part of the southern sky. And all of a sudden, I see this flash. I'm like, holy crap, what was that? And then I realized, oh, it's an, I finally saw an iridium flash. Very nice. Very nice. And, but, but if you didn't, you know, for that one second, I'm like, did we just blew a nuke up there, you know, because it's really brilliant and bing, you know. Um, and occasionally now, at least I know when uh, the International Space Station is up there, I know how to look for it. So, but yeah, I'm on the lookout. I, I, it's like, oh, please, let me see some swamp gas, something glowing, something, you know, um, yeah, that, something fun. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, that would be uh, that would be the ultimate thing to uh, to find. Well, we're talking with uh, Patrick Blazik and Mark Thorner uh, here on Revelstoke Jim's Canadian Content. When we come back, we'll have your comments on what's up there in the night sky. Don't go anywhere. Oh, Canada! That's the wrong file, Brad. We're talking with Mark and Patrick tonight, and uh, I do have a bit of uh, communication for them. Let me just uh, see. We have a, uh, a message from a uh, uh, Rhonda in Moab, Utah, for Patrick. She wants to know if when Patrick goes to bed at night, if he puts the sheets over the wheelchair or tucks them underneath the wheelchair. 
What's the case, Patrick? I leave the wheelchair naked. You leave the wheelchair. So the, the wheelchair is raw, is what you're saying. You bet. Okay, Rhonda, I hope that answers your question. Thank you for listening in Moab, Utah. Uh, I also wanted to say, Patrick, did you ever find that uh, UFO video of yours? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I wonder if it's been deleted. That's you what, know what I mean. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I had computer issues last summer. That's right. Did you see a big? Yeah. Did you see a big flashy thing? On the computer. <laughs> Anywhere. I have not seen any more anywhere. All right. There we go. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because I was I had mentioned this, I think, with uh, maybe one of you or the both of you, uh, the, the good days of old technology. I sent Mark an image of a uh, advertisement where you could pay $25 a month to... Uh, to purchase rent to own uh, a VCR that was slightly smaller than your average two car garage, it was a uh, it was a big hunk of machinery, and it was a top loader, which I really liked. I think it was, but uh, um, are the kids missing out on not having VCRs or are we just, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like uh, we've gone from carrying all this stuff. Now it's all on your phone. It's all on your little mobile device. You don't need, you don't need the shelves of, of videotapes um, in both formats. I, I don't know. I, I kind of, uh, I'm getting nostalgic. Because, well, frankly, I own two VCRs still, and I have a bunch of content I need to get into my computer sometime. That was the other thing. I'm looking for a, uh, a good interface between the Mac and the VCR to uh, move stuff from one to the other. Yes, Patrick, you have a recommendation. Yeah, my face. My face? I don't use my face. No, oh, my my face. What about your face? You can use my... Oh, you mean interface. Oh, I, I thought you were just looking for a face to use. No, 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 no. And, 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 and uh, as far as are the kids missing out, Um, yeah, if you want the torture of having to rewind the damn tape. No, no, yeah. it was not torture because not only did you have to buy the VCR, and you could yeah, just... You yeah, could, you, you could go to you could go from one movie to another. That was the thing. You pop it out, it ejects it. You put the next one in, but to save yourself that that horrible fee, you had the the uh, the videotape rewinder right next <laughs> to your machine. So another plug is being used to rewind the damn video because again, you don't want to pay fifty cents or a dollar. Be kind, rewind. Be kind, rewind. Exactly. No, I'm just saying, are the kids missing out on having to go down to the uh, 
uh, down to the video store, rent the machine, carry home the big black plastic or green suitcase of, of fun and set it up? Or is it just, am I looking at it with, with overly nostalgic eyes? Yeah, you are. Oh, okay. Well, screw it then. Yeah. No, but we, we all went through this, yeah. you know, um, and we all probably spent the, you know, bloody fortune on our obsessions with this. I'm I know just, I did. I'm just saying, creating content and acquiring content should not be as easy as it is now. I think you should have to sweat a little bit, put a little equity, sweat equity into getting a movie to watch. Uh, just because you can push a button on your couch and and look at Netflix, just like that, I I, I kids these days. Yes, Patrick. Well, if if that would be the case, Jim, then I say we get rid of computers and tablets and things of that nature, and just go back to typewriters and uh, um uh. Be shit. We can uh, send smoke signals. All right. I mean, here's the deal. I, here's what we will do. First off, I have to get to Yuha uh, David's tweets. He says, I miss my top load VCR Panasonic PV1750 vintage 1980. And he says, I love to clean the heads of my VCR. Lots of fun. All righty. That's interesting. Um, thank you, David. No, uh, what I wanted to say, uh, what did I want to say? I just had a, oh, I had something. Oh, this is what I, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening to this program right now, turn it off, turn it off. Okay. I will not broadcast on the internet anymore. You send me your home address. I will mail out to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, my new fanzine. Okay. I will make multiple copies of it. On uh, on my uh, mimeograph machine, I will stand there and crank that handle and present to you, each and every one of you, my handwritten scribblings. And you can read them for yourself and uh, collect them all. I think that would be the best thing. Uh, we're being joined by uh, uh, Miranda Jim now. Hi, Miranda. Hey, Pip. Uh, Jim. Excuse me? What did you call me? I don't think I was supposed to call you that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just got. Another... Oh, I've already, I've already screwed it up. Bolfahea uh, wants to know if you finished your mission on Earth yet. Shh, be quiet. I haven't, we're, I haven't, I haven't. We're up here partying. You I, guys got the best stuff. I haven't finished talking to the Earthlings yet. Oh, I'm so glad you introduced me to these guys. Yes, they are most interesting. I'm not sure how well the psyche of the one in Wisconsin will travel all the way back to our homeland. But let me just say, we'll find out once we get there, I guess. Uh, Tom Yamaguchi... Another Earthling says his first VCR was from Matthew's Top of the Hill Daily Center, came with membership to Captain Video, possibly a mountain bike, too. Yeah. 
you know, I'm I'm rather I, as I was looking at advertisements today for VCRs. I was rather saddened to remember that I I had paid well over I think at one point five hundred dollars for a VCR. Oh, I paid a little more than that. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just what I, that's what I'm saying. I it's just. And you can go to some large big box store and maybe find one in a corner on a shelf for $25. Patrick, you got your hand up. Yeah, Tom reminded me, um, my favorite video place was Video Value. It was a, it was a local place that had like three stores, maybe. And they were, I mean, there was one copy of each movie, and uh, there were little tags, and they had a back room with the adult stuff, uh, and it was just a curtain that that was closed off. And um, they had VCRs for rent all the way up until they went out of business. Uh, they never wanted the uh, DVD um started to come out they were out of business they didn't want to move into that market so they were like that was the last they were the last of something from my childhood all the way into well early adulthood really you know or teenage years whatever you want to call it um but yeah they 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 refused to go with the uh DVDs, and I don't know if it was the owner just was ready to retire or investment, but um, yeah, boy, that, uh, yeah, I forgot you could rent VCRs, but we were lucky enough to have one at that point. Uh, you know, I just, people may be wondering where these two topics cross lines together, and I just wanted to say that Commander Miranda and I are gathering up all the old VHS machines and videotapes and we're taking them back to our home planet. Oh, okay. I'll bring my Panasonic Thank 1980, uh, the pla- which is in the garage. You're free to have it. Alright, we'll, we will come and collect it. There will be a big bright light. Just look for us. Hey guys, pick up in Naples, Florida. Pick up uh, as we return to the planet Rewindia. <laughs> the motto is "Be kind to you." Be kind to you on the planet Rewindia. That's right. <laughs> uh, hey, when we come back, we're going to take some more of your viewer mail. Don't go anywhere.
You're listening to Revelstoke Jim's Nighttime Weirdos. We're back with the program. We got another message from uh, from Wendy in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Wants to know if Patrick can uh, uh, send her birthday wishes. It's her birthday this weekend. Can you do that, Patrick? There you go. Direct from Wisconsin. To the great state of Louisiana, birthday wishes from at Tessic1138. Follow him on Twitter. Why don't you? All right, we're on the air with... Uh, Patrick Blazik, Mark Thorner, and Miranda Jimnell. And we're talking old technology and UFOs. I got a message from somebody that says uh, it comes in with no name. Uh, Zorpity Bop. I don't know if that means anything to anyone. It doesn't mean anything to me, but. Again, I'm not that well-traveled. Yuha David says that uh, we can have his VCR for a thousand bucks. Oh, I don't know if we can go that far on the uh, on the price. That's a little uh, that's a little steep for us. So Miranda, let me ask you: Have you uh, have you had any uh, strange encounters in the night? <laughs> you know it. All right. Uh, uh, although I don't think we're talking about the same kind of strange encounter. Um, I and I guess it depends on what your uh, definition of the word strange is. I can I can only uh, I can only uh, I can only say that much. Uh, anyway. You know what? It's uh, it's past ten o'clock Western time. I said I was going to uh, keep things on a tight rain tonight. Uh, again, I have uh, uh, places to be and miles to go before I sleep and all that stuff. Uh, let's let's finish off the night with uh, the word of the night, Patrick. What's your word of the night? Potato. Oh, very nice. Miranda, do you have a word for tonight? Zorpity boop. Zorpity boop. Thank you. And Mark? Rewind you. Rewind you. Uh, I want to thank all of you for uh, joining me tonight here on Canadian Content. Uh, also known as uh, Revelstoke Jim's A Touch in the Night. Uh, Patrick, you try to find that video for us, and we'll post it on the Facebook page. 
I, I'm going to be looking for it. All right. But I have a feeling that the government took it. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case. Um, what did you say about cats? I said bureaucrats. Oh. You know, the secret <laughs> rulers of, uh, of you know, the, the universal order. Of Rewindia. Fracking cats. That's right. Our feline overlords. Exactly. Uh, thanks for calling tonight. <laughs> I appreciate hearing your stories, each and every one of you. And you're all special to me. Have a wonderful night. And we'll see you on, uh, I'll be back on Monday for a moose poop story. But there will be other programs. Have a nice night. There they go. The citizen panel for tonight's program. That's the entire program for the evening. I have been Revelstoke Jim. This has been Revelstoke Jim's A Touch in the Night. If you want to send us a letter, it's Box 500. Rockefeller Center, New York, New York. Again, I want to thank Mark Thorner, Patrick Blazik, and Miranda Jimnell for joining us on tonight's program. On Twitter, we had Yuha David, Tom Yamaguchi, That Frackin' Cat, and Diana of the Night. Want to say thank you to Betsy Opry, who recently followed us on Twitter. And remember... When things are strange in the night and you feel a little bit uncomfortable and you're not quite sure what's going on, well, rest assured, there's nothing wrong. It's just a touch of Revelstoke Jim in the night. And that'll do it. Until I see you next time, folks, please uh, be kind to one another and all that stuff. And come back to GabNet.net tomorrow for the exchange with Damien Chaplin, uh, Alex Bennett's Ramble, and, of course, Getting Geeky. With my pal, Miranda Jim, Miranda Janelle. There we go. I knew I'd get it right one of these days. Anyway, uh, I'll see you on Monday, the 31st of August.
please, as I said, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you a little further on down the road next time. Bye-bye. on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.